I mean, I wish you would have tried harder <laughs> for me. I'm sorry. I'm like, you have, you host the, like, you host the number one friendship podcast in Austin. So like, I, like, I really should have like tried a little harder. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, you're not being a good friend. <laughs> oh no, I'm being a light friend. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, I'm doing, I'm doing some light to moderate friending over here. <laughs> um, that, that's Ezra. That's the name of his podcast. I'm doing integrated branding. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Smart. Hey, hey, Ezra, can I, can I talk? Hey, hey, Ezra, can, I, can, can you come over here for a second? And like, I need to talk to you. Joe, sure, you stand up? over there? Oh, yeah. Hey, you're embarrassing me in front of our guest. Like, he's so cool. He has a leather jacket and sunglasses. Like, <laughs> oh, man, I'm getting the. <laughs> oh, yeah, OK, OK, talk me through this. OK, can you. um. Here, here's what we'll do. Okay, so I have this earpiece. Okay, I have this earpiece, and you have to feed me lines to so that when I talk to Joe, I sound cool. Okay. 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 I don't know why you think jo- that I'm any cooler than you are, but I'm, you're the coolest person I know. I'm gonna walk over the Joe right now. That is very sad. Hey, Joe. Oh, hey. Uh, what's up? Oh, oh man. Uh, Ezra, what, what you, what you, okay, feed me a line, feed me a line. Say, howdy, partner. Bitches love cowboys. Howdy, partner. Bitches love cowboys. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, they totally do, man. Oh, shit, I gotta go. <laughs> okay, I, gotta, I gotta get out of here and start the episode. Click. <laughs> you bought me like two years ago well i just remembered that it's sitting in the closet so i called you up just to tell you i've been meaning to listen to that i've been meaning to listen to that why don't you come over and talk about it Hey guys, uh, welcome to I've Been Meaning to Listen to That, the podcast where we go through albums we've been meaning to listen to and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. Wow, how are you, Ezra? I'm doing, I'm doing. How are you, Andrew? Uh, You're doing? (laughs) Yes. That's cool. I'm doing... Um, this i i've got this down you got this shit been, on lock yeah i've been i've been hosting a podcast for a year i know what to do i think yeah, yeah. um i like uh we we just released our um born to die episode and i think that one's that one pretty well like we those like um our most listens in a day was today, so that's a little that's fun. That's we, really surprising we, that it was the most listens in a day, especially since it was like late and everything. Oh. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. Um, so uh, let's introduce our guest. Um, he is the co-host of the former co-host of ATX Uncensored, uh, <laughs> the host of. On location with Joe and mm-hmm. the co-host of it, the number one friendship-based podcast in Austin. It's Joe Barlow. 
yeah. Also the thank you. Also the uh, originator of the Johnny Ben Carson bit. Oh, <laughs> thank you. It's one, of, it's one of my favorite things. It's like so stupid. It's like very dumb, but it makes me laugh a lot. Like, could you? Can you give us a little taste of Johnny Ben Carson? <laughs> You're asking me to do not only a bit that was out of date <laughs> two years ago, <laughs> but it's it'll out, definitely way will out be of date. May 2020. It definitely right. will be. Oh um, no, he's the head of HUD, so that's something. I mean, yes, but but Johnny Carson has been you know dead for quite a few years, and. Oh. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's good. But I will absolutely let me see. I haven't done it for a while, so okay. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, intro, yeah, bring I'll me in. Thank you. you in. Okay, here we, here we go. Here's Johnny. Wow! Ben. Wow! Why? Oh, <laughs> see, I, it's been so long. It's been okay. so long. Okay, do yes, it again. Okay. Let's hear it again. Here's Johnny. Ben. He's oh, I thought you the, said Carson. I guess, you know, it's been <laughs> such a long time. Car- I, I, no, it's like the whole thing was like, here's Johnny. Like, right? Ben, yeah, no, I get now I get it. I, it's it, yeah. Again, this is this is very old. I so. watched it. You did it. You no, I this. know. I did it. Okay, <laughs> I'll do it now. <clears throat> very frustrating. Just bring me now. in okay. maybe one more time. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here's Johnny. Ben. <laughs> Wow, wow, these uh, wild stuff. Have you heard about these pyramids? <laughs> I don't know. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was it. Because um, that was, that was current news that. at the Just time. Like... Ben Carson was talking about the pyramids. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, hi, Joe. Wow, hey, this is what an honor. You... This show is uh, about what now? Impressions? Um, <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, well, it's, uh, yeah, so... Uh, Thank you so much, Joe, uh, for doing our show. You, um, I met you do in Champaign Urbana when mm-hmm. um, you were a character in Spam a lot, and uh, I've been just like a fan of you in general. Like you're also like very funny, and like um, we had the same taste in podcasts. We loved, uh, we still, I imagine, still like love like comedy, Bang Bang, and whatnot. And um, so, tell us a little bit about. Tell us a little bit about heavy friending and like, just like to those who might not know what the show is, like what, what is that show? And like, why should people listen? Yes. Um, well, I don't know why they should listen. I feel like, you know, let, let's let people (laughs) decide what they want to listen to themselves, but hopefully maybe the premise will, will sell them. But basically, you know, Laura is my co-host and we didn't know each other. And, um, we we decided to start a podcast because I interviewed her once randomly for TV. And then, um, yeah, so early on, we, we, we wanted to see if we would become friends. And now we are friends. And it's a, wow. it's, it's a friendship-based podcast, number one wow. in Austin. And Laura, Laura Lee Bishop is a musician, Primo the Alien. Incredible, yeah. incredible musician. Very, uh, <laughs> very, like saucy and like uh, like she's mean oh, to me a, yeah she's mean <laughs> yes yes she's aggressive. Uh, it's like the the music like the podcast is very well produced it's like under an hour 
Um, it's like the opposite of this meandering bullshit that you listen to on this show. Um, I like that you like the time limit of the show, as that's one of your favorite features. I like that uh, it's busy. not too long. I'm busy. <laughs> I to, I'm watching Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I want to watch that show. Wait, so uh, how, did, how did you and Ezra, how did you guys meet? Wow, turning it on us. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> oh, <No>. okay. <laughs> we, um, we kind of knew of each other from high school, but uh, we like didn't really talk to each other at all. Um, and mm-hmm. then uh, I think we were friends on Facebook or something, and mm-hmm. I. Uh, was doing a like a project for um like a video production class in college and like I had to interview someone um and most people like kind of interviewed people uh like at Parkland but I thought that what um Andrew was doing with tabloids was really cool so uh that's like the animated show I was making and like it's still making. Yeah, it's yeah. probably yeah. out by now. It might be out by now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew, Andrew's a weird guy, right, Ezra? Yes, yes. very. Is um, that what? <laughs> but he's definitely. No, like, here's the thing about our podcast: is like Ezra's mean to me, so like, it's very. <laughs> as we as after, I've gotten to know Andrew, like here, I'll be very sincere for a moment. Like, ooh, ooh, I, okay. <laughs> I like. First, kind of getting to know Andrew and stuff, like, uh, definitely, like, very weird, outgoing guy, but very charismatic and, like, definitely somebody that I wanted to get to know. Um, but, like, as Andrew's I've gotten to smiling. know him more, he's I've got kind a little of seen, smile. like, he's got a little his, gaze. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, he has a beautiful I, yeah. smile. Thank um, you. Thank you. Like, as I've gotten to know him, he's, uh, like, I've gotten to see, like, his more, like, toned down parts and, like, his more serious, like, uh, kind of, like, working on his mental health and, like, things like that. And uh, I kind of like that in this podcast, we kind of get to, uh, like, experience both sides for, like, both of us. Um, Not that I'm ever really funny, but, you know. (laughs) But you both refuse to be in the same room together. Is that true? That's right. I literally, like, moved across the country to avoid Ezra. (laughs) We actually hate each other. (laughs) Let's just get into, like, um, uh, so what, like, so you guys, like, on Heavy Friending. Oh. I got got to keep this a little short because my battery's low. (laughs) Um, You guys on Heavy Friending... um, Every week, you basically do an activity together as friends. Like, you know, as, like, for example, one episode, you went on chat roulette together and just, like, saw a bunch of peens. And then on... (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Um, Well, it brings you together, (laughs) you know? You don't do that with everyone. Um, Yeah, like, one time time you just, like, went to, like, uh, just, like, some movies and talked about movies, like Chucky, Mm -hmm. like, uh, Child's Play and, like... uh, ass nash and like uh you know you've also interviewed some really cool fellas like uh jesse eisenberg ruben fleischer of zombie lend too mm-hmm. um it was, yeah it's a so like what what is the behind the scenes process of like how do you choose the activities for the week and like what what is like walk us through like the process of like making like conceiving an idea for an episode and then like making it and like 
kind of putting it out there. This is going to be a very disappointing answer, but a lot of times we don't really <laughs> think about it too much. And then it's like, oh, what are we doing tonight? Um, I mean, obviously, yeah, like Jesse Eisenberg wasn't like, oh, should we just have Jesse Eisenberg on the show? Um, You know, so that's like an email process. And you're like begging people that you're not a terrible person to interview Jesse Eisenberg for his new movie. So, yeah, that one's like a little more spelled out and that's very boring. But yeah, a lot of times it's like, you know, what do we want to do? Or Laura will randomly text me. She like texted me recently like, oh, we, we should do. Dungeons and Dragons because it's all wow. in your all in your head and so it's good for podcasts. I think that's actually the hard part is like it's a very original idea too. Like Do you think? Like I no think one's ever done this before. Like Dungeons and Dragons and podcasts like I feel like you're I, I you're Laura's... mocking her. <laughs> no. Well, we you love you Laura out, come man. on the show. We she's, love you Laura she's come mean. on the show. She's mean and she'll destroy <laughs> yeah. you. So it should be mean to her for a change. No, she's not mean, um, but <laughs> but I like to say mean. that like, I like to say that she's mean. I guess uh, one more question about the podcast is like, so you guys like do the show and like been you you guys have been growing this friendship. Um, what do you? How much do you guys like hang out and like outside of doing the show? Because like me and Ezra, for example, like. We do the show like every week or like every every other every other week or whatever, and like we'll occasionally like talk to each other like on the phone just like as friends. Mm. But other than that, like we kind of just like this is the this is like the most we've talked to each other. This is like the most we've kind of like connected in this way. I was wondering what was it for you and your co-host, Laura? Yeah, we uh, well we we now we text almost every day, which. Wow. was not the case when we started now you know now we're usually checking in i mean a lot of times it's sort of podcast related it's not necessarily um always about her life or something but um we actually do hang out a little bit but because before like when we started and we didn't know each other it was like every time we hung out i was like this should be an episode we need to so i was very like podcast focused and she was more like it doesn't really matter so now, now I'll go to a lot of times I'll go to her shows or, um, she had friends giving and I went and, you know, before I would have been like, these should be episodes, but now I just enjoy her uh, company. And she, she really is one of my best friends wow. and you can listen to that evolution on the heavy <laughs> friending podcast available wow. where all An podcasts organic plug. Oh, yeah. are located. Um, Okay, so let's get into... Uh, I will subscribe right now while we are yes. podcasting. It's good, and you it's have to show. prove it. Visually, you have to prove. <laughs> <laughs> I like, will... send, like, we're going to put a video on the... Ins- we're going to put a video on the Instagram of you literally subscribe, <laughs> like pressing the button and subscribing. Good. To- <laughs> and then I'm going to uh, sure, yeah, let me, share that video. Let That's going to be good. Let me just do this here. Yeah, and there's going to be a notary republic in their house just like watching this happen i spent um, a summer in uh, notary republic it was very nice wow it's fun is that funny oh that was a re- oh that was that was a joke <laughs> yes <laughs> i i didn't know is humor allowed on the show or, <laughs> or not professional comedian everybody i'm kidding oh. <laughs> um so uh, let's get into uh, David Bowie. Like, what are your preconceived notions, uh, Ezra and uh, Joe? What are your preconceived notions on 
uh, David Bowie? Um, I really like it. Uh, I like I really like David Bowie and I have um, like since I was a kid and like first heard the music. Um, it's just like really uh, like eccentric and um, mm-hmm. I uh, connect with it a lot. I also connect with his um, like perpetual identity crisis that he had for like his entire fucking life. Um, that's like a whole ass mood. Uh, <laughs> I also like, um, yeah, I don't know. He's just a great like artist and, um, everything. And I, but like, the thing is I, uh, had never listened to any of his like specific albums. I had only listened to like, really? um, just the music. Yeah. Like I'd shuffle it on Spotify or something like wow. that. Um, And uh, so this was like my first time actually sitting down and like listening to it front to back. But uh, I hadn't um, listened to him for a little while, actually, just because uh, I um, grew up and found out that he uh, wasn't such a great guy and was uh, kind of a creep to children. And um, so that made it a lot harder to uh, actively seek out his music and listen to it. Yeah, that, oh, that's that's. I didn't but, know what 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 is he? What's tell me? Oh no, this is. I think I deserve is, to know before I rate this album. Now, <laughs> it was like basically um, to like summarize it like very shortly was like he he like um you know he like on the road he would like um have like uh, sexual encounters with like underage girls and like um. It was like um, kind of like it was it was always consensual in a sense, but it was like like the girls wanted to do it in a sense, and like but like it was like and like when they kind of talk back on it, they're always like, yeah, this is something I want. Who doesn't want to sleep with David Bowie? Blah 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 blah. But like it was just like really inappropriate, very disturbing, and like um, oh, that sounds similar to something that's going on right now. Hmm. Jeff Goldblum. Mm. Wait, what is Jeff Goldblum? Oh, no. Yeah, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, really... not to derail or anything. But why yes. does everyone have? Why is everyone horrible? Yeah. By the way, I Joe. Don't know. Yeah. Jeffrey Epstein are is bad too. Jeffrey. <laughs> 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 no, not him. Not of all Jeff. Those people. Are you kidding me about Jeff? David Coach. Like I'm kidding. Um, oh man. Well, okay. Um, so like, yeah, like that's really unfortunate. Like, and like, it's a tricky thing to like reconcile with because I think a lot of people don't really know about it. First of all, so like, it's not like public consciousness. Of like the, the the like the his his like misdeeds and all that stuff. It's not like public. Well, consciousness. yeah, there was uh, there was something that I shared earlier that um, like I thought was really relevant because of like recording this today. Um, that uh, like is basically talking about how um, people like have a tendency to um, like. If an artist does that type of shit, like they should be exposed for that and that should be public knowledge. And like, I think that like the cancel culture is like 
a good thing for that. But like that's something that um, kind of disproportionately impacts uh, like artists of color and like especially black artists. Like um, you have like R. Kelly and like uh, Michael Jackson and everything. Um, And yeah, Bill Cosby. But then uh, like with a lot of these like uh, older like musicians um, from back in the day, like they were real creeps too. like half of the fucking Beatles and uh, like David Bowie. And like it's just deeply prevalent in that culture, but it's something that's like not talked about or like really um, ever brought up or anything like proportionate to uh what's brought up for these other artists. <sighs> I, I just, I think it's important to like bring it up. Like I think it's possible to enjoy his music and have his music be impactful to you. But I think it's important to acknowledge this. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And like, like just like, yeah. Like I, I have a friend who like said that like rock and roll suicide helped them feel less alone. Like as a queer person, like, it's really important and like it's like really impactful and especially because especially during that time where I was way less accepted way less like understood like all this stuff it's like to have someone like this is important and like to have like someone who like kind of went through the things you went through is important but like I think it's important to acknowledge the complexity of like people like just like people People are people, like, first of all, um, but, like, people are good, people are bad, people do bad things, people do good things, it's, like, to, I don't even know the answer to any of these questions, it's just, like, I think it's important to acknowledge, is all I'm really saying, so. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, like, I think that, um, <laughs> Joe agrees. like, I agree, I, I mean, but honestly, like, I did I not if- know, so now I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Because <laughs> it, yeah, like, well, it, it crumbles that, like, your world. You're like, oh man, you does. know, am it I really gonna? Does. It, it's because it, it, it will ruin the music a little bit because you can't fully put the. Well, yeah. For me, I can't exactly fully separate either, yeah. the artist from the the you know the songs. Yeah, that's exactly why I haven't been able to listen to him for a while because, like, it um, like. I don't know. It makes me feel a little shitty for like supporting his music and for being a fan. But like, I didn't know. So they're like, I have nothing to do with that. It's just. Eh. Yeah. Um, but like, I and also like, think yeah. there's a difference that like there's um, a point that can be made about the difference between a living artist and a dead artist, because um, like an artist uh, that mm-hmm. is no longer alive, like you're not necessarily like you're not supporting that person if you like uh buy their music or listen to their music or whatever um because like they're gone now um but like uh with like an artist that's still living and stuff like we shouldn't really like they should be deplatformed they shouldn't really still be allowed to have these like huge fan bases and like these uh wildly successful careers while their victims are um suffering in silence right what about so okay we gotta we gotta go through a little through this a little more what about you joe like what is your what are your preconceived notions (laughs) about david bowie and this record well i'll Um, tell you something i didn't know about david bowie (laughs) (laughs) um no i mean honestly for me i you know i knew that um 
he was definitely one of these more, you know, colorful, eccentric performers with a unique look and style. And I kind of knew, I think that he, um, had these like different characters. I don't think I fully understood that. Like, I thought it was just like different stages of his life, but then I later found out like, Oh, he's actually like Ziggy Stardust is a different, you know, entity than David Bowie. It's but like, to it's me, it's like Johnny Ben Carson, like just like another, <laughs> like fully formed char- character. Just well, like- it's like Johnny Ben Carson couldn't have existed without three things. Johnny Carson, Ben Carson and David Bowie. Yeah, right. It's so it's like, yeah, your heroes. Um, all my all my three heroes. Um, <laughs> I actually do have a photo of or like a artist rendering of Johnny Carson on my wall. So he is wow. he would qualify. Um, OK, well, but yeah, David Bowie. Oh, and then I think I had heard, too, that there was maybe like an affair with him and uh, Mick Jagger or something or. Mm-hmm. Something, something juicy there, spicy there. I don't know. Have you guys heard about that? I, I've heard it. I don't really know. I don't really want to comment on it because I don't really know anything about it. I think you should sure. go on the yeah, record. I don't really know it. any details. But I think yeah. you should go on the record and say unequivocally what you think is true. I, I think, I think <laughs> Mick Jagger and David Bowie um, recorded a song together, and that song was a song. Whoa. And you're going to stand like, by that? Yeah, I don't yeah, know it's very controversial. Of David Bowie's comments about um like whether like about his sexuality anyway because he said that he's bi um but then he like went back on it like years later and said that like he uh said that because of the counterculture and like because Oof. he knew that he would like get an audience with that but I also oh, like no. I could see if he um was like encountering uh like backlash or something or like if his family was a certain way um like i could see like his personal life like it being an issue and that's why he went back on it despite like him actually being yeah, by yeah. so like ultimately i don't know <laughs> mm. So I'm not really going to um, blame anyone for saying one way or the other, but I'm not going to participate in any arguments about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of blaming people for stuff, let's blame these sponsors for these ads. Da 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 da. And we're back uh, here to talk about Hunky Dory by uh, David Bowie. David Bowie. David Bowie. David Bowie. <laughs> why did I? Why was I confused? Like I knew, I knew it. Like it's, not, <laughs> it's like you were um, trying to be confused know. so that you like weren't flexing on people who don't get it just or something. Like so that I'm like the everyman. Like yeah. I want the audience to think I'm the everyman, just like a normal Joe. You know, I put my pants in one leg at a time, and uh, you put them you know. in. <laughs> yeah, my butt. Oh. Just like every man. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, we're here to talk, talk about Hunky Dory. By the way, like that was like the sequel to um, uh, Finding Nemo. That like, oh no, where like Ellen gets swole. Ooh, oh boy! Wow, oh, man. Um, really quickly, I feel like I didn't get to like talk about my um, preconceived notions on David. Um, I, I. 
I, I was like, part of me is like very intimate part. Like, I think part of it was that hesitation to like, listen, because I knew of that stuff before kind of getting into his discography, you know, before kind of like, I was like, you know, this is the first full length record of his I've listened to all the way through. Um, I don't know why I wasn't really interested in like, you know, getting into it before. I, I was just like, part of it was because I was like much older. Like it was like his discography is like much bigger is part of mm. it too. Mm-hmm. Of just like, it's intimidating to like kind of, it feels like homework after a certain point. <laughs> just like, you know, like oh, I got us. Like, um, my boss was talking to me about, like, Bruce Springsteen. And I was like, dude, okay, you got to listen to the third record, then the fourth record, and then you got to go back to number one and two. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like, as as interesting as I was in, like, Bruce's discography. And, like, part of, this is part of the reason why we kind of do the podcast is so that we have an excuse to, like, get into it a little bit. So it, like, serves that dual function. But, like, yeah, I was kind of intimidated by, like, that large discography um but like i definitely like it definitely was on my list my my imaginary list of like albums to like kind of get into one day i also know about his huge nutsack and labyrinth just as (laughs) joel's looking at me puzzled tell me more so like his nuts his like in labyrinth the movie the jim henson movie like his ball sack is protruding out of his left protruding out of his tights the entire movie you can see the outline of his hog the entire time are you sure that wasn't one of the puppeteers <laughs> operating him so yeah hunky dory it's like i so here's the interesting thing about this episode is like you two are the bigger david bowie heads and i'm the 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 virgin in a sense the like the little like oh man what am i doing like i don't do i touch this do i like do that like i'm I'm, i really don't know what i'm doing here and why this is happening and why you guys let me do this wow Um, are you also calling all of our fans virgins because that you use the same exact voice (laughs) i mean that's cat that that I, i like i see the podcast stats Whenever on anchor, like, <laughs> it proves that they're all virgins. Oh, it tracks that data, man. We do have a very Google, uh, everyone like, good knows. Christian following, so mm-hmm. naturally. They oh, would so all it's be by out. it's by choice. Yes. Yes. Like okay. anytime uh, someone decides to uh, doink in re- IRL, we we like um we haven't we the the app unsubscribes them from our podcast and they can't listen anymore. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's very, it, we're, we take this very seriously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like that you said doink also. He says that all it's the fun. time. It's really weird. <laughs> it is really weird. Yeah, it is. It's fun. It's Canonically fun. proving I'm a virgin. Like, just like. <laughs> That's um, true. <laughs> Only virgins um, say doink. I think. That's right. The fact that you're calling it doink proves that you're not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So David Bowie, like I, I'm the one who doesn't really know his stuff, mm-hmm. and you two are like you two are my uh, tour guides through the cosmos here this time around. Um, I'm your Neil deGrasse so Tyson. 
Um, mm. actually, uh, <laughs> just like... I'm like the good part of Neil deGrasse Tyson that does like wholesome shows about the cosmos, not the part that, uh, like victim blames on Twitter and shit like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, okay, um, let's go, let's go through the themes of this record. What do you feel are the oh. themes of Hunky Dory? Like, what do you feel are like the topics he's trying to talk about this time around? I mean, this is a rebirth for his career. He wasn't, you know, popular before this. So I think a major theme, I mean, the first song is Changes. You know, his old stuff was much more folky. And this is uh, is sort of him stepping into like rock a little bit. I read that in a Rolling Stone article. Wow. And those guys are the experts on rock. They love rocks. Yeah. Stones. (laughs) Stones. <laughs> yeah. Igneous. So what about you, Ezra? <laughs> what do you feel? I just said the word igneous. <laughs> igneous. Moving on. Um, so I... Uh, I know what like, uh, so uh, it's something that he talks about like a lot towards the beginning of the album is like um, kind of the differences between like the older generation and the younger generation and like the power struggle that's like always at play and like always going to be at play like the younger generation. It was the first OK Boomer. <laughs> well, he, except yeah. he was the one saying OK Boomer, um, really. Yeah. But like uh, he was talking about how kind of like the older generation like views the younger generation as like um, invaders um, and then like and like they're very fearful of the younger generation taking over. And then he fucking goes off the rails and uh, like <laughs> decides to uh, talk shit about uh, Bob Dylan and Andy Warhol for some reason. Um and yeah, I don't know. Then he also talks about kind of like escapism, isolation, shit like that. Yeah, it's like really a real smorgasbord of themes. Yeah, it's like all <laughs> over the place. Not, not, it's not really a thing, really. It seems very unified cool. towards the beginning. So like I was thinking like, yeah, yeah, this is like sticking it to the man. Like, I like this. And then it just kind of loses its narrative along the way and that's then it sad. becomes a, then it becomes like sticking it sticking a baby spoon into a baby and feeding it because another theme is like you know him becoming a dad and yeah, like he does kooks yeah, and kooks. And like, yeah kooks oh you pretty thing is kind of a little bit about that i just need us to acknowledge bit. that his son's name is zoe bowie oh. what the fuck very adorable. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, girl, what you doing? Who's that girl? It's Zoe <laughs> Bowie. Um, well, it's it's spelled uh, exactly yeah, like, like Zoe. Or, I mean, it's spelled exactly like Bowie, Zo- but with Zowie. a Z. It's Zoe Bowie. Z O W I E. Yeah, that's this child's name. That is his son's name. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, so. Yeah, like he's he became a new dad. Um, Kooks is about like you know he, like that's kind of like and I I I see um, you know also quicksand and uh, fill your heart as kind of in that theme too a little bit because even though he's a dad even though he's a father he still feels a lot of like uncertain 
he feels a lot of uncertainty. He's very overwhelmed by the nature of existence, but then fill your hearts about him, you know, just like, screw that. And just like, you know, we just like having a good time and like having a blast. Um, I think that if any of the themes kind of like permeate through most of the album, it probably is the fatherhood thing. I really only thought of it in relation to that song. But like, um, even if you look at songs like Life on Mars, like uh, he's not like explicitly talking about fatherhood, but his existentialism could definitely be like worsened by his fatherhood and like by the fact that he fucking brought a kid into this fucked up world. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And Um, yeah, maybe like the name of the album is like, it's going to be okay. He's trying to tell himself it's going to be okay. It's going to be hunky. Well, it's kind of like, uh, like father John Misty's song, like, holy shit. Like just talking about like all of these different themes and, um, like the unifying factor is like, you know what? Maybe it's going to be okay anyway. Like, even though this is all fucked up and like, um, like life is a nightmare <laughs> that you can't escape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other, the other theme I'm seeing too is like, um, with he's paying tribute to like uh, the path, like American like art heroes, musicians he really loves and admires, and artists he really loves and admires, like Bob Dylan and um, uh, Andy Warhol. And like those are the one; those are like the very apparent ones. Um, but like, uh, like his uh, he's like paying tribute to it, but also like trying to take on that mantle of like I'm the next great. Well, yeah, he also American um, rock. Star. There's one of the songs I can't remember which one it is that was like inspired by uh, Velvet Underground as well. Um, yeah, so it's kind yes, of like a that, tribute to them. One. Yeah, yeah. Um. The, the thing I like kind of like, I guess we could go into like kind of more thoughts about the record is the thing I liked was the versatility he shows. Like, even if all the songs didn't work to me, I appreciated like he was trying a new thing each time. And like, not every song sounded the same. And like, um, you know, he did different things with his voice. The instrumentation sounded different in certain songs. I really yeah. enjoyed that. It's like I a little bit more... Kind of experimental for him because, uh, like Joe mentioned, he was a little bit more folky before this, and he is playing around with a lot of different things here. And like even like uh, like within the album, like it's not like in the sound, it's not necessarily unified. Like fucking uh, Andy Warhol is like very ragey, like very uh, petty, and like the um, music itself sounds like angry. Um, and it's very different from any of the other songs on the album. Um, that was one that just like kind of stood out to me because like in the middle, there's kind of like um, like there's kooks and quicksand. And uh, what was the other one that you had mentioned? Like the happy one? Fill your heart. Yeah, fill your heart. Um, yeah, yeah. And then after that, like just Andy Warhol is like a completely different tone. <laughs> yeah, I could have I could have like I. I part of me would have liked it if the I don't know like some like the the second half of the record seems very disconnected from the first half yeah the back absolutely yeah when I listen to it I do feel like like if because this is an album I like to listen to like all the way through and I do feel like 
it feels like a journey. Like when I'm done, I'm almost like, wow, I've really been places like, you know, I've been to Mars and I've been to like, you know, these exotic places because it it almost is exhausting and it's almost like, you know, they have like, you know, the orchestra background and it's like, you know, the underscore of like a movie. And I like feel like it took me somewhere and it got crazy at the end or maybe it's like an acid trip and we, you know, it kicks in at the end, you know, but it's to me, it's it's a it is like an epic thing. And I, I like just listening to like the recording style. I like that it's kind of crazy, but all the songs are really crisp and like you can isolate the piano in your head and you go, oh, man, you can really make yeah, out the yeah. individual pieces that make it up. It doesn't to me, it doesn't run together, like even sometimes with like more crazy Beatles songs where they layer so much stuff on it like this. I feel like it's crisp and it sounds almost like they just did it in a room. I don't know how they did it, but it, it, I like that you can make out the piano. Usually they do it in a room. I think it's cool that they got a room and <laughs> yeah. and did it that way. By the way, you, you saying like uh, make out and like get a room like, hmm, getting horny over here. Don't just, say getting <laughs> horny over here to me. <laughs> <laughs> Does that count as a swear word? Do I donate another dollar? I don't think it's a swear. <laughs> I don't think it counts as okay. a swear word, no. But I think okay, it's okay, harassment. Okay. I think the- what you've done is harassment. <laughs> so do you have a jar for that? <laughs> uh, okay, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I really, I really think that's a great point about the instrument. That's Thank what, you. Yeah, that's what I, I've been trying I, to like, put know, my I, finger I on. I think it was a, a great bit. point. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Was, hey, Ezra, <laughs> by the way, the previous point you made, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was. That was that really was good. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Moving on. Um. <laughs> yeah. Like, Andrew, I don't know if you've into... made a good point yet, so I'll let you know. Oh, no. so yeah, I just really keep you up. Well, I said that you made a good ice, point. Was buddy. that a good point? It's um, I, I think it's something you should work towards is trying to make, you know, a okay, good point. OK. Here, let me, I think let me you try. made the let worst point, point of all when you said getting horny over here. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, I made a good point in my fans. Oh, oh no. This is the most like gross I've gotten on the podcast. Like I feel like I'm very, I'm very like I'm very, I'm, I try to be very like hunky dory, like wholesome energy, but like <laughs> like here, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> okay. So um, let's get into lowlights of the mm. record. Like, what are some songs that did not work for you, or like, or even just elements of songs that you didn't care for, or like did not resonate as much um i didn't like quicksand uh and i don't really have a lot of cogent points on that but um it just like i kind of went back and forth listening to it like eh, i get what he's trying to do here and i respect it but like i don't like it um like uh the three points that i wrote down specifically were very british um <laughs> Seems like he thinks he's deeper than he is. And oof. 
So that's my points. Yes. Wow, three great points. <laughs> <laughs> I I really love quicksand. It's one of my Check favorites on the atheists. record. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I like the um, I like the notion. When I kind of went into this record, I was my friend said it's like one of his lighter records. It's like kind of like not as like you know. It's like it just I just listen to it. It makes me very happy. It makes me feel happy. But like this record is kind of dense. It's like it has a lot to say, really. Yeah. And like this this quicksand in particular is like how overwhelmed he gets by how you truly don't know anything until you're dead. You truly don't know what the afterlife has in store for you until you're dead. Like, no, I, I like the joke in The Good Place about just like. Yeah, one person guessed it right. His name was Chad. Like he he got high and he ate a burrito and completely guessed what heaven is like canonically. Like that's it, like but like truly like no one really really knows what happens to you. And like just like really grappling with that and like uh really grappling with existence and really grappling like and like the more you try to like dig yourself like, the more you understand, the more you realize you don't know, you know? The older you get, the more you realize you don't know. And, like, I think that's really resonant with me personally um, as a co-host of, like, a music podcast where we learn things. <laughs> See, I don't I don't know. Maybe it's because I have, um, because I have it all figured out. No, maybe it's because <laughs> I... Wow. <laughs> you, you have great have, points. Uh, yeah. like, kind of accepted that I don't know already like um I uh I don't really talk about like my actual like faith on this podcast a lot I just uh like bag on like Christianity um because that's what I grew up in <laughs> but uh I uh like would probably say that like the closest thing to like an actual label that I would give myself is like agnostic because like I think that it's truly like unknowable like it's not really something that um like I don't believe in an anthropomorphic god and I don't think that that's the correct thing but like I think that um like it's something that none of us can really know and saying that like you have the answer and that nobody else does or saying that like only people who think the same way that you, that you do um, get to like live in this paradise and everybody else will burn in hell. Like I think is really um, like arrogant and shitty. Um, and so like, I don't know, just those kind of ideas of like, uh, things being like truly like <laughs> unknowable and stuff like that that's something that i've already thought a lot about and so i guess that's why like it feels a little like fake deep to me because like it feels like this point has already been made a million times but that might just be because of where i'm at in my personal life so like quicksand could be the best song in this album to somebody else if it is then i'm going to fucking drag them because life on mars is obviously the best song you. but <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm going to um, murder you alive. Anyway. <laughs> what about you, like, Joe? What are your thoughts on quicksand? Oh, I mean, I I like it. I mean, I, I like that it... um, I like that it builds. I feel like it's a very, you know, 
interesting song in that way. I mean, I, but honestly, like my, the way I listen to music usually is not, um, like really absorbing, like meaning all the time or like lyrics or something. But I will say like, because I sing along to this album, there are like so many phrases that jump out at me and I go, Oh, that was like a clever, you know, way of putting something or, and sometimes I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about, but it was a cool little phrase. Yeah. So I, but yeah, I'm not like, you know, I'm not as good at like recognizing always like the, <laughs> the lyrics of like, what is he trying to say or, but I just go, Oh, I like well, it. Well, and he's very like abstract and dense too. So I don't blame. And that's what I like. like. I really and, like, like his music is fucking good. Just like <laughs> phrases that sound what fascination, fascinate me, you know, those kinds of things where it's like, it's almost doesn't have meaning, but it just sounds good. But it also, then it does get you thinking cause it it's pulls like, you in with like how clever a phrase is. It's like in that really beautiful and deep and like uh, introspective Aurora song that I said is just about orgasms. Which song? Uh, it's an Aurora song. It's not something that we're covering on this I'm gonna episode. I'm going to have to add that to my one. iPod. So a low light, like um, speaking of that, it's not really a low light, but like this is something like like queen bitch like i i think it's a great song i had a great time listening to it but like listening to it is it is gibberish basically like listening like not having the lyrics in front of you it's like gibberish like ah give me how many how many how many yeah like it's like it's fun i'm having a good time but like it's like part of me like i am a just like some people are like a boobs and a butt man like i'm a lyrics man myself I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay. I was wondering what you were yeah, talking about. Yeah, I'm personally about. not I'm a like, fan I... that uh, trying to glean what this song was saying and what it meant. I went to the genius page and um, found a transphobic slur, um, not in the song, uh, but like uh, somebody like said that he was talking about like a trans woman, basically, but they used a slur instead. So that's fun. It's like, but this is a song, Queen Queen Bitch isn't one that you need to necessarily glean the meaning truly to like well, or have fun with, necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I, I personally just kind of draw a huge question mark for it. I don't know if I like it or not. <laughs> I know, well that, yeah, my main negative part is really a lot of the later songs. A lot of them aren't memorable to me and... It just does feel like the the end of the album without Queen Bitch would have really petered out and been just like a, a real sad ending. But yeah, that's that's my biggest negative is like Andy Warhol. I don't really care for and um, song for Bob Dylan. Like, I feel like those are probably meaningful to him because he's referencing people he likes. But um, yeah. I, I don't think they do much. for. Yeah, I don't really see their place on the album as much, but I do like the songs. Um, yeah, it's just like not very interesting. Like, again, like, yeah, I'm sure it's meaningful to him, but like. It's also partly because like it's he's talking about the generation before a little bit and like that's even further away from where I am necessarily of like 
references to like what I really I don't really know anything about Bob Dylan or Andy Warhol like I know Bob Dylan's like everybody must get stoned and uh Andy Warhol has the uh just like the the coke can and it's like that's all I know really well do your like, Andy Warhol impression okay here we go everybody must drink coke yeah, <laughs> yeah good we go. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> I'm very, yeah, I'm auditioning for SNL tomorrow. Um, Wait. Hoping to... What? I'm auditioning for SNL tomorrow. What does that stand for? Saturday night live. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't heard of it, but it's it's good for you. Yeah. I'm re- I'm, I also convinced my friend Shane to re-audition. Now, Shane, what's his a- last name? <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna no spoilies, but it starts with a G. <laughs> Why are you such also, a Shane his, Gillis he's gonna, fan? He's gonna do his hilarious Asian character. It's gonna be a lot of oh, fun. No. So, <laughs> um, but like, uh, what were we talking about? Uh, music. Um, um, this is a podcast oh, oh, about music. music. Podcast. Yeah, music. Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. Um, another one for me was, uh, what was it called? Kooks. Uh, I just didn't really like the sound as much. Like, um, it sounded very much like something the Beatles would have written for, like, Abbey Road. Um. Oh, yeah, I can see that, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know. I just, it was just kind of a miss for me. I again, I don't really have a lot of notes about that one either. I I I actually would probably put Kooks in that same category of songs that like I don't really need to hear it, but I do think that one at least if I'm listening to the album, I'll, you know, I'll listen to it all the way through because it's still pretty early in the set list. I, okay, so maybe this is a good point. It's one of my favorites. Oh. I love this song. Well, you're entitled I to your opinion. <laughs> However <laughs> wrong it may be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, it's very wholesome. It's very wholesome. Mm-hmm. It's very, like, you know, I love how the harmonies build and they just stack on top of each other. Like, Will you stay in your lover story? Just like that. See, that I have no beautiful. problem with like wholesome music, but it's like corny. It's like what it borders on annoying. I, I, some of these songs I will agree with you on that point, but this song I disagree um, respectfully, but like I disagree. Like it's just like I disagree with you like he's singing to his child, you know. part of it too is like he's singing this to his future child his child or his future child current child and like current child um but yeah like it's like um and and like part of me like vocally like when i first listened to it was very like agreed with you and like was very annoyed by his vocal performance like punching other people's dads just like you know whatever he did (laughs) in that section um I, I was annoyed by that, but like when it came back to the chorus and just like was beautiful, mm-hmm. I really like. And also the the sentiment behind it, like, um, just like, will he stay in our lover story? Because uh, we believe in you. Soon you'll grow. Uh, so take a chance with a couple of coops. 
hung up on romance and just like the idea of like, yeah, we're strange people. Like me and my, my wife are like strange people, but like, we're going to like, and the way we might raise you is might be a little weird and like, well, well, adorable if you ask me, but like, (laughs) but like, but we're doing our best and it's all based in love. It's all like, um, you know, we're not, we're not traditional parents. We, we might keep our Christmas lights off till January. We're weird. We're a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> the Christmas They're lights up till coups. January again. But like, it's like, I, I like it. It's very like, um, as someone, as like, you know, parents, like who named their kid Zoe, like, I feel like it's, your best case scenario is if your kid, if you have parents who love you. When so. you hear it out loud, it does sound like a perfectly normal name that you're just hating for no reason. Like, oh, people who name their kid <laughs> Joe. Yeah, let's get into it. Like, what are some highlights for you, Joe? Well, like I, I mentioned some of them. I, I like just some of the phrases. They really jump out at me. Turn and face the strange. I love that. I mean, mm-hmm. I also think that's very much what this album does. So I think that one really stood out at me, but I think every song I could find like at least a line, you know, even kooks or, you know, um, Andy Warhol, like songs I don't really like that much. I find little phrases that I think are very clever and, um, poetic. And, and yeah, I do think it, it sounds very almost like a Dr. Seuss or, you know, some sort of children's book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, and I appreciate that because I do think that makes it interesting. You know, when I listen to it the fifteenth time, it's there's still new little things I find interesting about it. Any like songs that like were highlights for you? Ooh, yeah. I mean, I actually like one of my favorite songs, which is not a song I heard until I bought this album. But "Oh, You Pretty Things," mm. I think is like I, I'm surprised it's not more popular because to me it like really jams and that piano riff is so good and i i'm stunned i have no idea what it's about though yeah i guess we'll never know (laughs) (laughs) that that one is about the youth of america okay good well great as long as it's not something bad now i'm like afraid of everything that i might have (laughs) that i might like something that's like horrible uh where's where's what's a highlight for you ezra um, so uh, as I mentioned before, Life on Mars is uh, definitely my yes. favorite on this album. It is uh, one of my favorite songs of all time, really. Um, wow. I, yeah. Um, I like the uh, existentialism. I like um, the points that he's making about like escapism through art and stuff. Um, but also like it's... Uh, very depressing but again like that kind of like i listen to a lot of sad music so it kind of goes with my style um and yeah i uh i like the uh the way that he paints this picture and like um is making this greater point but like just like one small like brush stroke at a time like sailors uh fighting in the dance hall and then he's talking about cavemen and like it just seems all over the place but there is like a grander point that he's making and like it's um again like very like kind of holy shit 
vibes. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, he's uh, just kind of trying to process all of it as he's writing it, it seems. And it's, it's succinctly encapsulated in the phrase, if, is there life on Mars? And like that, that yeah, that, absolutely. Like that one line uh, just says it all. And, it says it all. Um, like it's it, very layered. It like um, it's very yeah. It's like it can mean a lot of things. Just like the one, like you know, um, the the a read of it I saw was like it was about like how we use escapism to like escape the terrible things about our lives. But then in order to like make that entertainment and like make that stuff, you it has to be informed by real life. And so it's just a cyclical thing of like we're trapped in like, you know, like. And well, yeah, because he's painting this picture of like this uh, young girl who like has a very um, chaotic like home life and stuff like her parents are fighting. And um, so then she's kind of like uh told to like go away so that like she doesn't see as it like gets worse and then she goes to watch a movie she doesn't like she's very lonely um doesn't even have anyone like no friends or anything to go with her and uh then like what she sees on the screen is the same thing that she experiences at home it's just more violence and uh like she can't really truly escape from it because like like um, the things that we watch and the things that we use for escapes and like art and everything, uh, like just mirrors real life. Yeah. And like the idea of like, is that all there is really? Yeah. Like, is there no escape? Is there like, and like also I like in the verses, like how it'll like make some fun cogent points too of like, you know, Mickey Mouse screw up a cow. It's hilarious. Like, yeah. and like the line about, um, you know, Lenin's on sale again. Uh, the idea of like people are using like political, like they're they're like using like um, some real serious political things to like make art to profit. Well, and, yeah, like, there's like that like, dark side uh, of like yeah that like makes me think of um, like Greta Thunberg and uh, or Thunberg um, and how uh, like. She is, uh, like, making these important points um, about, like, climate change and about how, like, adults need to do something and, like, how she's just a kid. Like, she can't be the fucking face of this. Um, and then adults are just like, wow, look at her. She's so inspiring and great. And, like, then they just continue to still do nothing. And um, they fucking make merch with her face on it and shit like that. Like, that is exactly the opposite of what she wants. She doesn't want to, like, she doesn't want something with her face on it to contribute to these problems, like, with fast fashion and stuff. Like, she wants people to actually find a solution to it. And people don't fucking, uh, like, pay attention to her, like, the words that she's saying. They just are like, ah, cute kid, like making real like cogent points <laughs> i really love i love um one more one more highlight for me i i, I kind of i really like uh uh changes as like something as like a way to uh you know 
the as you know a read of it is like his experience as a queer person just like of like and the children that you spit on um as they try to change their worlds are immune to your consultations they're quite aware of what they're going through i kind of like see that as like um you know this could like this could be a meaningful like lyric for like someone who's like maybe transitioning or someone who's like um who um is queer but like their parents like really are like trying to like say like no that's not who you are no that's not all that stuff and like um that was a read that i kind of took from it that i don't know i don't know if it's actually like um the case but like i thought it was interesting yeah i think that that's that is an interesting read of it that's not something that i necessarily took from it either surprisingly because i fucking always read queer theory into everything um (laughs) like gotta insert representation somewhere because they're sure not going to um but uh (laughs) i like kind of turn and face the strange supports that too like um just kind of very layered yeah supporting just uh like you know what i'm going to like embrace this and stuff people might like call me like whatever they want but like i'm going to just go ahead and um live this like that's cool Good job, Andrew. That was good. The only song that Thank we haven't... You. Thank you. The only song that we haven't brought up is Eight Line Poem, and I just want to say that, like, I think that it's really neat. Yeah. It's got weird phrases. I like that. Yeah, I, I would say, like, that's the value of that song, really, is, like... It's, like, you know, a portrait of, like, loneliness and isolation, like... And, like, some cool, fun, interesting, weird phrases in there. It's musically good. I, I like his voice, singing voice, and, like, it's very plaintive. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like it. Let's get to a uh, final thought. Let's get to like final thoughts and ratings on this record. Um, uh, I'll go first. I really, um, I like this record a bunch. I think it's really good. I, um, it grew on me over time. The instrumentations is, a, the instrumentation is ma- masterful and like really fun. I love Joe's point about how like each section like each like instrumental section is memorable and you can isolate it it's not like a muddied mess of like just like wall of sound who cares like it's like really distinct yeah i really love that um his it's very uh dense lyrically but like also easy to consume i would say it's like very um you know uh yeah, it's like only like 40 something minutes and like it's very easy to consume. Uh, and uh, it's a great, I think it's a great introduction to this artist. I like really enjoyed myself. So I'm going to give this, uh, I'm going to give this 8.5 chameleons, comedians, Corinthians, and caricatures. Uh, so I, um, I thoroughly enjoyed this album. I uh, like... I don't necessarily know what I was expecting. Like, I love David Bowie's music and everything, but, like, I, um, because I haven't listened to one front to back, I think that there's probably a lot, um, of the, like, lesser known songs that I have missed out on. Um, and 
so like it definitely was kind of like an adventure um i like musically i think that it was uh like rock solid there were like very few things that i didn't like um it was mostly just kind of like some of the um more like uh not to like sound really like um negative but it was some of the happier ones uh like uh kooks and stuff like that that like just kind of um grated on my nerves a little bit Ezra hates babies canonically <laughs> yeah yeet the children <laughs> um <laughs> but uh i yeah i um really liked uh the like kind of themes of this album too, even if it was kind of all over the place. And I do like that idea uh, that Joe mentioned that like um, maybe like with it being called hunky dory, like that's kind of what he's trying to say is like, even though uh, there's all this shit going on and like people deal with uh, fucking mental illness and people um, like we can't really escape from like the darkness and um people bring children into this shitty world like um like maybe despite like just all of this shit um everything's gonna be okay and uh yeah so i am going to go ahead and rate this um nine tactful cacti out of ten whoa all right joe you're okay oh is that right yeah (laughs) there's only three of us good Um, so I, um, like when I think about the album as an album, it's very different than what I think, you know, when I like break down, do I like these songs or do I not? Because when I listen to this album all the way through, I'm very satisfied. I think it's like a great album with a lot of different sounds and different things going on and some excitable songs and some sweeping orchestral moving songs. And, um, and so I just enjoy this album and it's like, you know, if you asked me like what I rate a movie, you know, I might give it, you know, a high score. But then if I really had to look at like the scenes, I might be like, Oh, well, I don't really like that scene. or I don't really like that scene, but as a whole, I really like the movie. And so that's really how I feel about this album is like, Yes, I can say, you know, I don't love every song and I don't love every moment. And but but I do really enjoy this makes me happy. And another thing I like about it is I think you guys proved that you can see uh, deeper meaning than what I have. And I think that's the beauty of this being sort of like a, a, a childlike album where like, you know, maybe uh, I'm on the child level of a kid, you know, only understanding like, I like kooks and I like the funny words and you, and then, but you know, maybe your mom can listen to it. And Andrew, you're, you know, like the mom and you're like right. hearing these things and, I, and, and they're things that me, a ch- simple child with a simple child's brain doesn't fully understand. But I think that's the fun of it is it doesn't really matter ultimately because the, the hopefully there's something for everyone and that's why i yeah like a good pixar it's movie. like a pic exactly it's exactly right so that's why i give this um a million dead end streets out of a million 
Whoa. That's the highest rating we've ever had. Highest rating ever. <laughs> I love it. Whoa. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um so thank you so much joe this is so much fun like thank you for your thoughts on this um now let's get into our (gasps) i've been meaning to listen to that and i did playlist great um so uh who would like to go first i can go first um so uh because I can, um, I'm going to pick two Whoa. Whoa. this week. Um, Whoa. <laughs> so my first one is actually um, a cover of Life on Mars by my favorite artist ever, um, Aurora, who I mentioned earlier in this episode. Wow. She is a huge um, fan of David Bowie. She draws a lot of influence from him um, and... Uh, yeah, so, uh, well, I'll go ahead and say which song it is. It's Life on Mars. Let's click it. Click. It's a god-awful small affair To the girl with the mousy hair But her mom is yelling no And her dad is told to go She draws a lot of influence from him um, And I think that she, like, uh, like... I think kind of a huge reason for that is like a huge reason that I've connected with his music and that I've connected with her music um, is because like he kind of uh, has been like a champion for the weirdos of the world. Um, And he uh, like because of like the identity issues that he's had, like that's kind of like leaned into it and stuff. And like the way that like he dresses and like or he dressed and he's like not afraid to um like be uh different and like kind of stand out and like do something different than like other artists are doing like i have always like really admired that and um like that's something that i've like really admired about her music as well and like something that i really like about this cover is that she kind of does it in like a more uh haunting like kind of somber tone um and uh, I just think that it's absolutely beautiful, like 10 out of 10. Um, and then uh, my second pick is going to be by uh, an- another artist, like because David Bowie loves uh, space so much and he's like uh, on like every album, he has um, like at least one thing that has to do with space. Um, he uh, like... I decided to go ahead and go with um, a song by Sleeping at Last um, that is uh, also called Mars. Whoa, (laughs) click.
Um, and uh, yeah, so this band is, uh, or this artist, um, it's just one guy, he is uh, also obsessed with space. Uh, he, like, has, um, like, he does music based on, like, uh, like space events that happen like he did one for like the Perseid meteor, meteor shower um and like he's done one for like I don't know fucking like super blood moons and whatever um and uh like it's just absolutely beautiful and like orchestral and amazing and he did um like an entire like he did two eps that were uh space themed so this is from one of those um like where he did uh all of the planets and uh this one is kind of like uh because of the um like Roman god like Mars being like the god of war he uh like was uh like did something that's like a little bit more um like war themed like the uh drums are like in that kind of cadence and stuff and uh he's like talking about kind of like signing your like name on the dotted line and stuff and like uh like it's just very dramatized and beautiful and highly recommend. <laughs> My pick for the playlist is as follows. Um, actually, I was watching um, SpongeBob season one again, and um, and then the, do you do you know the song I'm going to say then? Oh, it's um, so it's like when he goes crazy and he's flipping the uh, the patties. <laughs> And it's it's called Living in the Sunlight, Loving in the Moonlight. And it's by Tiny Tim. Whoa. Click. I'm so happy, oh, happy, very lucky me. I just go my way, living every day. I don't worry, worrying don't agree. Things that bother you never bother me. And this song makes me so happy just like this album and and there's obviously a childlike quality which i think is why spongebob you know it works with the spongebob show but when you hear it it's gonna make you happy and and you're gonna you're gonna just you're just gonna taste that crabby patty (laughs) (laughs) okay uh so my pick you know what because i can i'm gonna pick two what the despite, hell? Despite you. You can pick another one if you want. <laughs> no, I don't want to. And I don't have to. <laughs> sorry, sorry for being so um, uh, flagrant on this podcast. Um, Did you already plan this ahead of time or are you just trying to flex? No, I was kind of like deciding between two songs. But like, I was like, um, um, yeah. So the first song I'm going to pick is Face to Face by... Rex Orange, Rex Orange County, click. I grew up, you grew down, we found out everything matters now. Everything. We grew up while you let yourself down. I want out. So, yeah, this is a guy with a very strange voice, but like the way he layers his like 
harmonies on top of each other is really beautiful. It's about a long distance relationship, and I love the little. I, I like like um, David Bowie. I like the you know um, how you can kind of pick out individual like uh, instrumental flourishes and like uh, vocal harmonies and stuff like that. It's like it's like a little, a little more modernized version of like what David does a little bit. And then my second pick is going to be uh, The Greatest by Lana Del Rey. Click. So this song I wanted to choose because, first of all, I just want a Lana song on this playlist. I discovered her through this podcast. I've been, become a big fan of her. Um, so I just really like this song a lot. And the reason I wanted to pick it for this particular episode, though, was because, you know, obviously in the song she mentions, she name drops Life on Mars. But like, I felt like this song does a very similar thing. Like that song does a very similar thing to that song in like how it makes cogent points of our current landscape and like how doomed we are. But also like, and like, it's just like the way she sings it is like, it's like she's like a comet like burning out. It's like very beautiful, cinematic, um, very rocking. And uh, Lana's a queen and I want her to step on me cause she's my mom. So, okay. <laughs> What do you think about that, Joe? I don't know. What does that mean? <laughs> it's from Reddit. So, okay. So, Joe, let's... Uh, I don't think it originated from, from Reddit, Reddit, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, you work in social media. Okay. So, Joe, let's... Um, it's from the gaze. Mm, mm. All right. So... Uh, Joe, let's uh, conclude this episode with a closing sentiment that you'll type in the chat box. Mm-hmm. I'm copying and pasting it. Great, great. Wow, you came prepared. Wow. Okay, three, two, one. David, David Bowie. Bowie. More, More like, like David. David. Wow. We. That's, that's nice. Nice stuff. stuff. Okay. Thank you so much, Joe. This was a delight. You are. This is. You are an amazing guest. We. we that was so much fun. Um. Thank, thank you, you so much, for, everybody. Thank you. Can I let me interrupt you? Oh, and sure. make this podcast longer. <laughs> thank you, Andrew. And thank you, Ezra, for, for having me. It was fun, and I, I learned something. Wow. No one's ever said that to us. Thank you so much, everybody. <laughs> Have a good day. Click. Click. Yeah. That was an episode. <laughs> <laughs>